thankful for you coming tonight, and um, thankful for the goodness of God, how He's helped us thus far, and uh, we'll turn our Bibles tonight to the book of Revelation, in chapter number 18. Revelation chapter number 18 is where we're going to find our text. I'm, uh, I'm thrilled to death after the Lord helped us so much last week, um, and He helped us on Sunday, He helped us um, on Thursday, he helped us last Wednesday, and never gets old to have the Spirit of God in your life. And uh, the Bible says, be ye not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, be filled with the Spirit. And so I'm thankful that uh, to be, I'm thankful I have a time to be filled with the Spirit. And uh, I'm thankful for the opportunity uh, to preach to you folks once again. I don't take it lightly. And so let's read the scriptures tonight. Revelation chapter number 18. Um... Let's read uh, through verse number 5. I don't think we're going to get no farther than that. If we do, it would be a miracle. And so, um, it'd be a, I mean, it's going to be a miraculous that we get that far. And so I'm glad we're starting a little early. And so I'm thankful for that. So Revelation chapter 18, verse 1. The Bible says, everybody found your place, amen. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth uh, are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues uh, for her sin, uh, for her of, of her plagues, uh, for her sins uh, have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. It says, And God hath remembered her iniquities. Let's pray and ask God to help us this afternoon, and uh, we'll jump right into the preaching of the Word. J.D., can you play for, pray for us, please? Amen and amen. I thank you for praying. I, I've got to do some groundwork here tonight. So uh, I, I, may, I may be a little longer tonight. Please forgive me for that. But the last few times we have uh, spent some time in this series, we have been in chapter number 17. And uh, that's been a while. And uh, uh, this is a great book. And the book of Revelation is a great book. The Bible says, blessed is he. Um, that reads of this book or, or understandeth this book. Uh, and I believe the Lord truly helped us last week as we dug into the last part of chapter 17 and finished it out. And so just a little overview may help us just a little bit and may help us as we go along. And uh, we described how she was rising up, the religion of the world in that day was rising up 
And I titled it a two-part series as The Rise of Babylon the Great. Um, but I don't think I should have titled that second part as The Rise of Babylon because she fell. And I believe she was still rising in some point, but then the latter part of that chapter, obviously she fell to the ground and fell to her face. And so we, we saw her fall, we saw her rise. We also established how she's considered to be um, the mystery of Babylon the Great. Mother of harlots and abominations of the earth, and the Bible even calls her a great whore. We understand what that word means, and we understand and established how she, being that, is a religious system uh, um, that is idolatrous at best. And uh, however, something I haven't dealt with directly is this. I do believe here that there are not just one judgment that is taking place here. I believe that there's two separate judgments that is taking place here. And just simply in the context that, I can, that, that can be seen, and I preached it and I kind of regretfully preached the first part as the rise of Babylon being that it's one. And I had read through 18 time and time again and we understand that it fell, but then we also understand that the next part starts all over and there's a whole new judgment. So I haven't really talked on it. I hit it maybe just a little bit. But, but I believe that these are two separate judgments personally. Uh, and just simply in the context. And, and I, have, uh, I, I may have not portrayed that if you will. So forgive me if I haven't. Um, <clears throat> but I hope to establish that in the ending of the last message in which we preached last week. And uh, as, we, you know, as I mentioned we did see her fall. To the ground, and so here's a few reasons why I believe this is two separate judgments, because we must have reasons for what we believe things, and so I believe by the directives of it, we can see that it's two different judgments. Now, what I mean by that is that it's apparent by the context of, and the wording of chapter number seventeen uh, that this woman was carried in to deceive the world. Uh, that's why she was here and to lead the world to love her and to live for her uh, under uh, the hand of the Antichrist. Uh, that's why she came, and it was a religion that was taken over the world, if you will, uh, and um, all will come together uh, in this world, and we gather together to worship the Antichrist. Uh, and from the beginning, at Genesis chapter number 11, uh, when Babel first came on the scene, uh, they were striving to rise up above God. Uh, and so God, uh, what, that was their directive, and that was what they were wanting to do. Uh, so they were wanting to gain worship from from the people of the world, uh, the people of God, and etc, etc, etc. And that was their directive. Then we find in this chapter, in which we really didn't read much in this chapter, but there's a lot to cover actually in this chapter. And so in this chapter we find much of a different wording, if you will, uh, and work that they're doing. It presents us uh, in the reading of workers and traveling and money uh, and so on and so on. And I I believe this is not a religious system uh, that is coming up, but rather it is a commercial and a, an e economical world uh, um, of Babylon. And universally, universally it is mourned uh, when it falls uh, from the monarchs and the merchants and the mariners and all of them uh, come together. They'll all mourn the fall uh, of this system in this world. And I believe this judgments, these judgments are different because of uh, 
the directives, what is going on within it. I believe also, not only directives, but also the destructions uh, that take place in this. And so as we went through chapter 17, uh, we were able to see the religion rise, and many people uh, um, be deceived by it, but we were also able to notice uh, at the end that there was a fall uh, that took place of this religion. And if you noticed, uh, and as I mentioned in chapter 17 and verse 17, uh, for God hath put in their hearts... uh, Um, to fulfill His will. And so it was in their hearts, uh, meaning the ten kings and the Antichrist, it was in their hearts uh, um, to come against uh, that religion. And He used them uh, um, to destroy and uh, defeat uh, this world religion uh, that was taking place. And they leave her as a lady of the night is left. Right, wanting more. And so the destruction of chapter 17 was destroyed by the ten kings, and we understand the Antichrist and all of those involved. Uh, And then we come to this chapter in chapter 18, and we'll find soon find uh, that is not at all how the destruction of this system uh, is portrayed uh, and how this system is destroyed, but rather it is defeated... uh, And it is destroyed directly by the Lord. And I believe we may see the same ten, we could see the same ten kings that we see in chapter 17. And we could see them in chapter 18 and verse 9. And the kings of the earth. And the reason I say that is because it describes that later on in verse 10, Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. Well, in chapter uh, um, uh, 17 in verse 12 and the ten horns which thou sawest the ten kings uh, which have received no kingdom as yet but received power as kings one hour uh, with the beast uh, and, and so here they are possibly this is the uh, political system turning on the religious system uh, if you will but however they were told that they have one hour uh, um, to reign and this is could possibly uh, be their one hour and they're turned on her and they're more Morning here. You see the difference there? They turn on her there in chapter 17, but then chapter 18, they're mourning, they're mourning, they're mourning. And so I believe these are two different judgments. And then another reason is not only the directive and the destruction, but also the delivery. Now, when we notice at the beginning of chapter number 18, it says, And after these things I saw. After these things I saw, I believe it could be stated that in the beginning of this, where it says, After these things I saw. I believe that could give us a good separation there as well, right? And so that's kind of where we're getting at. And I believe my overall point is is that there are two uh, different judgments on two different avenues, right? And so the religious and then the secular and or commercial or however you want to look at it or or political or so on and so on and uh, uh, those avenues. But nonetheless, Babylonian ways uh, and will will be destroyed. Completely. Completely. Man has worshipped and man has built their lives on money and prosperity and moving up. And for many years, and this is only getting worse, right? It's only getting worse in this day in Babylon all the way back in the beginning has stood on their wealth. Uh, they have stood on their prosperity. They have stood on their growth uh, and idolatry. Yet God has had enough. And He's going to put a stop to it. In this world. And so uh, ancient Babylon was great. 
Ancient Babylon was luxurious. You look at Daniel's Daniel's message of, of Babylon, and it was very wicked. It was a very wicked place, and it was full of idolatry and full. But all through the Bible, that's all that it was. It's full of idolatry and full of rising up and uprising against God and, and all of those things. And, and so you can look back at the time of Nebuchadnezzar and what was happening there. Uh, they were raising up something to worship in front of a, a God on Almighty, and thank the Lord that those three Hebrew uh, um, decided they weren't going to bow, uh, um, bend, and as I've said before, boogie, uh, and they didn't burn because of it all. What I'm telling you is that that's what's seeing here. Uh, under Nebuchadnezzar, it was such a wicked, perverse, uh, and money-craving, and gold-loving uh, um, uh, generations in that time. But here is some generations later, it's the same thing. Babylonianism. Then we can look at Belshazzar. We can look at the reign of Belshazzar and all the other leaders of old in that time and we can travel all the way up through generation to generation but we can find Belshazzar and what did Belshazzar get told? Remember, there Belshazzar, God said, I'm writing on the wall. There's handwriting on the wall. He said, meaning, meaning, tikel yavarsin. That means your, 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 your nation has been counted, it has been weighed in the balances and you have been found wanting. Is that all right? He said, tonight, tonight, your kingdom will be taken from you. And that night, Cyrus took over that kingdom. And I'm just telling you is that the fact is, is that under all the leaders of old, it was... Um, it was, and it, by the way, it was destroyed with that mindset. Uh, it was destroyed, uh, um, and, and, and it has destroyed the mindset of lives uh, that it has touched today in the growth of pride uh, and the growth of prosperity. And today is running rampant. Uh, um, but friend, it's unwise, it's unholy, and it's ungodly in today. Uh, and when this time comes, uh, I can only imagine the amount of wickedness and debauchery uh, um, that will be seen or self-indulgent that will be seen and found in this day. And when the Lord has had enough, He says, I, God, hath remembered her iniquities. God has remembered her iniquities. You know, He, is, he sure is long-suffering to us, isn't He? Man, He's long-suffering to us because I, uh, because He's much more long-suffering than I am. Because, man, I've had enough of it. I've had enough of it. I've had enough of the wickedness in this world that's going on today, but their sin's going to be fun for a season. It's going to be fun for a season, but time will run out for fun, and it will be a fall. Let's preach one part. The fall of Babylon the Great. The fall of Babylon the Great. I want you to notice number one tonight in verse 2. We don't need to hit verse one, but we're gonna. But there was a lightning, which with his glory, by the way, the whole earth was lightened with the glory of this angel. So, verse two, the Bible says, and he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, "Babylon, the greatest fallen is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird." We see the society here falling. The society, the Babylonian society here. Now, can you imagine the literal terror of this day? Can you imagine the terror of this day? Here's a leading world uh, uh, economical system, uh, the commercial system, uh, and it's all falling to the ground, right? It's all falling to the ground. Can you hear the chants? Babylon is falling, is falling. 
I mean, can you hear the chants that everything is going on? But Babylon is falling, and it is falling. And now let's be clear over something here, though. This world today is weighed in the balances of the system of this world today. It's weighed in the very balances of it. If if it really were to crash, uh, it would ruin every man. You and me alike. It would ruin every man. I mean, growing up, some people would say, I can grow my own food and I can um, grow my own uh, um, cotton or material uh, for clothing and I can can do this and that. But what about uh, vehicles that you rely upon and insurance and uh, houses and and don't go to work for your money. Uh, Just doing the trading business, uh, bartering uh, and doing this and that and you would collapse. I mean, you say, preacher, I could do it. Sure, you could. I don't believe it. I don't. I don't. There's. I don't believe in any way, shape, or form that you couldn't do it in this church. I don't believe that you couldn't supply for yourself with growing a garden. I don't believe that you couldn't supply for yourself uh, by putting cotton in the ground and making clothing from it. Uh, I don't believe uh, that you could not uh, ride a bicycle. And I don't believe that you couldn't do that. Uh, But here's the thing. uh, um, All that you grow and all that you make would be stolen by those who want it. I mean, so really, all I have to say is it's good news that I'll be gone. Amen. I believe Babylon will be a direct place. I do. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 51, Isaiah chapter 13, uh, verse 9 through 20, uh, um, Isaiah chapter 14, Jeremiah chapter 25. uh, All those, I believe they described us a literal place. And I understand Babylon uh, has been sieged. uh, And I understand Babylon had been overtaken and overgrown. Uh, I understand all that. But the Bible gives us description that there'll be another one someday. Uh, I don't know where it will be, but however, I believe it's the Describing the world, a whole world here. Uh, It is falling, it is falling. Notice a few things the Bible has to say here about the society falling. Notice their assurance. Verse 2, the Bible says, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. It's assured, right? When the Bible says two things, two, I mean th- one thing two times, it is to say that there's emphasis and certainty of it. It's going to happen. And I can say to you 100%, with 100% certainty uh, this afternoon that the city, uh, the commercial, uh, the, co- the coerce, the commence, uh, and the church of Babylon will fall one day. You know why? Because the Bible tells me so. It's assured that she's going to fall. So so her assurance, then we see her associates in verse 2. The Bible says, uh, Babylon is fallen, the greatest fallen is fallen, has become the habitation of devils. And so look at what she's associated with. She's associated with devils. And then on it tells us she's associated with foul spirits uh, and sinfulness and wickedness and perversion. Uh, And can you just imagine this place in this day? Uh, Now imagine a secular world system filled with devils. Uh, Oh wait, never mind. Uh, Today we might see it, uh, um, but what a comparison. Uh, um, Today don't compare to what lies ahead. 
Now, I believe there is a whole lot that's wicked that's going on today. Somebody say amen there. I know that there is. I, I know that there is. And I know that, 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 that uh, the tribulation could start tomorrow. Uh, I mean, really, it could. Uh, and I understand that some of the same people that are in there now uh, might be doing it then. But I'm telling you, it will not compare to what this day holds. Her associates is devils and foul spirits. Then notice her activity. Verse 2, the Bible says again, the, uh, and it's become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every uh, uh, unclean and hateful bird. That is some weird stuff going on there. Some weird stuff. Can I just tell you one thing? Just a little four-letter uh, encouragement for you tonight. God, five words. God is a jealous God. God is a jealous God is what he is. He will not have a rival. Yet she is associated with devils and foul spirits and etc. etc. So that uh, which has her attention, uh, something that has the attention of the world, uh, will be made desolate. Lord help. This Babylonian way, will and will and place is considered to be uh, a cage, the Bible says. It's a cage uh, for every unclean and hateful bird, and that deals with desolation. Uh, you say, preacher, where do you get that? You get that out of some this or that? No, uh, I'll tell you, I got it from the Bible because a play, it's a place for birds to stay. It's a place for animals to stay. And almost identical to what God had to say about ancient Babylon before it was overthrown by Cyrus the Persian. It's almost identical to what God had to say about that. Notice, and I'll turn there for you. You even got to turn there. Isaiah chapter number 13, uh, the Bible says uh, in verse 20 of Isaiah chapter number 13, the Bible says, It shall never be inhabited in Babylon, verse 19. The glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldees, excellent shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. It shall never be inhabited, neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation. Neither shall the Arabian pitch tent there, neither shall the shepherds make their fold there. But wild beasts of the desert shall lie there, and their houses shall be full of doleful creatures. And owls shall dwell there, and satyrs shall dance there. And the wild beasts of the islands shall cry in their desolate houses, and dragons in their pleasant palaces, and her time is near to come. And her days shall not be prolonged. I'm sure as people in those days were heard Isaiah and what he had to say about it, they probably said something about like this. No, looking at the beauty of her now, there's no way that could happen. But friend, can I tell you, that did happen. Because when God said it's going to be done, it's going to be done. Amen. And writers testify that ancient Babylon became nothing but an overgrown jungle uh, inhabited by animals uh, and the same will happen to the new and the commercial uh, religion of Babylon Uh, they were actively serving other gods uh, and they were actively serving themselves and the God of glory said uh, that is enough Uh, it will be desolate Uh, and I'm telling you just to give a more biblical proof uh, in Jeremiah chapter 50 uh, let me just turn there for a moment we got time Uh, Jeremiah chapter number 50 
Verse number uh, 39, the Bible has something to say there. Uh, uh, 50, 39, the Bible says uh, um, directly, Therefore the wild beast of the desert will the, with the wild beast of the island shall dwell there, uh, and the owl shall dwell therein, and it shall be no more inhabited uh, forever, neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation. Uh, Jeremiah had the same thing to say. You say, preacher, that's only two verses. Uh, well, I got another one for you. Zephaniah. Zephaniah, there in the back of your Bible, um, the, the book of Zephaniah deals with uh, um, something very similar to that. In Zephaniah chapter 2 and verse 13, uh, and he would stretch out his hand against the north and destroy Assyria, and will make Nineveh desolation and dry like a wilderness, uh, and flocks shall lie down in the midst of her. Uh, all the beasts of the nations, both the Camorant uh, and the bittern, uh, shall lodge in their upper lintels of it, uh, and their voice shall sing in the window, windows, desolation shall be in the thresholds uh, um, for the heat shall uncover uh, the cedar work uh, and now I'm telling you a point for a moment to make a kind of point uh, is that this speaking of birds and speaking of animals uh, deals with desolation it deals with desolation. And friend, I'm telling you, it gives us an indication that birds and beasts represent desolation and represent abandonment. And also, just to note, Jesus in chapter number 13 and verse number 19 or verse number somewhere around there of the book of Matthew, Jesus associated birds as a symbol of devils is what He did. And I'm telling you something, friend, that that work, what, what, there's so many different things that you could associate with. Uh, if an old timer comes up to you and says, man, that work is for the birds, what do you think he's talking about? It means it is worthless. Her activity was against God and God did not like it and he makes it desolate. Amen. The society here fallen. We see secondly... Verse 3, For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. The merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. We see not only association here, for us, or rather the society here fallen, but we see the scam of her folly. The scam of her folly. Now just think about it. In a world in such wickedness, in a world in such debauchery, what would make someone fall into this state? What would? Now recall back to what we're preaching on here. We're, re we're recalling back to we're preaching on a political system, a worldwide order. We're preaching on that that has to do with money and that that has to do with uh, fame and, and the, econ the, the, the uh, um, ec ecosystem and the, um, the uh, economy and the political and the social world. Uh, and the world in all of her beauty is consumed with the lust and the love of what they have. Uh, and she uh, be, will be the biggest customer that they'll have. It's wicked. Materialism, right? Money and man, they don't go together, you know that? But what a sad state to be in. Can I just tell you here tonight with a bold, just a bold voice to you? It is a scam. It's all a scam. Anybody in here believe money's bad? No, money's not bad. Everybody in here have to have money to live? Raise your hand. And we all have to have money to live. Is that right? Is, 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 material, is materials bad? No, they're not. 
See, see, anything can be bad if you have enough of it. Anything can be bad if you have enough of it. But also on the likewise, anything can be good if you have enough of it. Right? So, so dealing with that scenario, we got to look on two different sides of it because there's a good side to money. Got to have it. There's a good side to materials. We got to have them. There's a good side to all of those things, but I'm telling you, friend, not when you go in this Babylonian system. Notice, notice with me the people of her scam. The Bible says, for all nations, for all nations. Now, this is the world, right? It's being lured into this. The Babylonian system has so lured them into a state of wickedness uh, and that they, they're all about it. They're all about this. Uh, um, they think they have a grasp on the world uh, and they think they have a grasp on this woman and, and what it gives and so on and so on. But however, in reality, uh, it really has a grasp on them. And it's idolatry is what it is. It's idolatry. And by the way, the Bible still says uh, um, that the love of money is the root of all evil while some uh, have coveted after they have er erred for the faith uh, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. 1 Timothy chapter 16. Now what did it say? It said for the love of money is the root of all evil. Right? We know that part of the verse. The rest of that verse says, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith. Because they coveted after money. They erred for them. Now you tell me, have you ever seen anyone chase a job opportunity for the money and it get them out of church and it better their walk with the Lord? I never have. Never have. You say, preacher, that's bold. No, it's true. If it does bring you close to the Lord, praise the Lord. <laughs> but normally it don't. Normally it don't. You know why? Because you spend more time chasing money than you do chasing the Lord. Is it not true? Have you ever seen anyone that has gotten so engulfed in their money situation that it bettered their walk with God? No. No, no. Why? Because the love of it is the root of all evil. That's why, friend. And you, you fall into that, it will get you and lead you into other things. I mean, according to how the Bible kind of describes it here being the root of all evil, it almost describes it as a gateway. Right? Now you think about it, friend. How many people have fell into fame and money and then fell into drunkenness and fell into all the other debauchery? You thinking with me? I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, the Bible says it's the root of all evil. And so their love for it, uh, the wealth and the work uh, and the women have brought them to a place where they are so intoxicated with it. You have drunk of uh, the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Uh, and friend, I'm telling you something. It doesn't deal with just sexual sin uh, when it comes to this directly here. Uh, however, it does too. It does as well. And so they have got so much love for it uh, that they have become so intoxicated uh, and they have become so overwhelmed uh, and engulfed uh, by this uh, system. And it became their religion. They forsook God's way and went with her and went their way. 
Friend, I'm telling you, it's dangerous today. It's dangerous today. I know we're not speaking on today directly, but it's dangerous today. Lord, help me and help you both. I need God. I need God, friend, don't you? The people of her scam. Notice the pleasure of her scam. The Bible says, Wine of her wrath for fornication, the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. Merchants of the earth are wax rich through the abundance of her delicacies. I'm not going to spend a whole deal of time here as I've already hit some of it, but she has so deceived the, that, that so, so worked in a deceptive way that the very kings of the earth have even fallen into this trap. The leaders of the world have even fallen into this trap and find pleasure in it because it says delicacies. And they find pleasure in it. And you, 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 can, you can honestly look around and see this going on in the world today. I mean, we can see it. We live in a world of self-indulgence. And people find pleasure in scamming others. I just got scammed uh, the other day. uh, And people find pleasure in scamming others. And people find pleasure in doing uh, uh, others wrong. And we live in the world of Isaiah in chapter 5 and verse 20 where he says, Woe unto them uh, um, that that, 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 um, call evil good uh, and good evil and put light into darkness and darkness for light uh, and bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter uh, woe unto them uh, and a backwards world is where we live tonight friend uh, it doesn't matter who gets hurt as long as uh, they get what they want it's a pleasure of the scam of, uh, of Babylon and then we see the prosperity of her scam where the Bible says first of all they have drunk of it second of all they've committed it Third of all, waxed rich with it. Fourth of all, they are abundant. And fifth of all, it's delicate. Right? I'm just kind of describing it down. It's prosperity. It's prosperity. The world's, the word delicacies deals with uh, luxuries and and that which is pleasant and that which is good and and so on. And so here are the merchants. Here are the merchants. We have merchants here that are mentioned. The merchants of the earth are wax rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Uh, And so they're here and they're enjoying living under her rule. Right? They're greedy of gain is what they are. They're greedy of gain. Listen, there ain't nothing wrong with getting money and making money. Understand me. Not true. But man, greed takes a long distance farther than just needing money. And I tell you, they are not thinking of eternity here. They're thinking of here and now. They're here for them now. And Lord, help the people of that day. But let's not look past the people of today. Greed is a big thing. And prosperity is preached from pulpits today. But that's not God's way. God promised to provide, not, pros- not make you prosperous. Right? That's what God promised. The society, your fall, and the scam of her folly. Thirdly, I want you to notice in verse 4. We're moving well. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people. By the way, I just want to stop and say for just a moment, I did not in any way, shape, or form plan to preach this verse by verse, point by verse. I had planned on preaching it in a, you know, putting one point into four or five verses and try to get a good coverage. But this is how the Lord led tonight because I believe we need to hear this. I need to hear this. I promise you that. But in verse 4 it says, And I heard another voice come out uh, saying, Come out from of her, my people. 
that ye be not partakers of her sins, that ye receive not of her plagues. And so her there obviously is dealing with the world in general and the Babylonian ways of the world at that time. So not only do we see the society here falling, the scam of her folly, but we also see the summons of the Father. Because it does say that there's another voice and it's coming out of heaven and it says, come out of her, my people. Who would you think that was? I believe it's not the Lord God Almighty. And uh, it indicates the Father and declares, he declares a command that need, needs to be heeded then, but it needs to be heeded now. I'm fixing to, I'm fixing to preach. Okay, I'm just telling you right now, and I, I think we got the best church in America, but I, I'm just telling you we need to preach this more than ever. Righteousness. Holiness. You know, not only preach it, but live it. Live it. Pulpit to pew, live it. There's an implication that's given here. And the implication given here says my people. My people. This implies that some saved individuals will be here at the moment and are associated with the Babylonian world at this time. Am I wrong or am I right? It says my people, and God's the one who's talking. Whoever it is, you say God isn't the one who's talking. Well, whoever's talking's in heaven. And he said, it's my people. My people. And the Lord pleads for their separation. But here's a question. Why would God have to cry for his people to be separate? Why would God have to cry for his people to be separate? And I'd say one of the biggest reasons uh, that God would have to plead for his people to be separate is temptation. I think one of the biggest reasons is temptation. Uh, um, I mean, you think about it. They're being hunted. Uh, um, they're haunted. And they're horrified by what is going on in this day. Uh, and just imagine they're murdered for their stand for Christ. Uh, and how tempting would it be to just give up serving God uh, and go with the Babylonian world and the doctrine of devils? Uh, how tempting would it be? But beloved, I know uh, I know the temptation today is not easy. Uh, and there's so many avenues that we can be tempted by uh, and I'm just telling you don't uh, don't give up uh, keep standing for righteousness and for the Lord uh, and if the Lord be for us who can stand against us uh, I'm telling you press on friend uh, press on uh, God calls us to be separate and that is what we should be Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Uh, touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Uh, and don't hold hands with the devil. Amen. Hey man, the implication that's given, then the idea given. Now, the Bible says at the end of this verse, it says that ye be not protectors of her sins. So that's one idea that could be given here. And that ye receive not of her plagues. Now, now this has given us such an idea here. It gives us such an idea as this. If you do not separate, you will receive of her plagues. It gives us the idea there. And I believe this is a very profitable and very practical idea. Now understand me for just a moment. Uh, because here's the thing. You may not be directly partaking of it, uh, um, but you will still feel the punishment of it. And so thinking about this, think about it. A car crashes, right? I don't know. Think about it. Think about a car crashes. There's three teenagers or men, grown men, right? Just think about it. There's three of them in the car. Everybody with me? There's three of them. One of them's drunk. 
The other one's high, and the other one's completely sober. They get in a car crash, right? Or the cops pull them over. Are they going to check the guy that's sober? Why? Because he's with those that's not. Am I right? I'm just telling you something, friend. All three died in that car accident. Just think about it. Maybe all three died in that car accident. Can I just tell you association causes a problem? Association causes a problem. And if you're not separated from it, you could fall into it. It's true. Pulpit to pew. If you're not, if you're not separated from it, you could fall into it. I mean, if you're holding hands with them, you're going to probably fall into it. When judgment falls on the wicked, if they're too close to those of Babylon and living for her, if they're too close to her and judgment falls on them, who's to say it wouldn't fall on them too? The separated, the one that should be separated. And maybe God gives us that idea. They must be separated or they'll, they'll, they'll feel the fall. They'll be judged too. Now, can anybody tell me that God doesn't do some very harsh and heinous acts of judgment through the book of Revelation? Very seen. All I'm telling you is that there's a summons from the Father, and the summons from the Father is to be separate. He says, be separate. We are to be separate from this world. And I think everybody in here is. We're to be separate. We're to be separate from this world. We're not to touch the, the, the unclean thing. He'll receive us. What a wonderful promise, amen? Wonderful promise. Society here falling, the scam of her folly, summons of the Father. And lastly, we see in verse 5, I believe as far as we're going to get tonight, I wanted to get farther, but for her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. The sins have been found. The sins have been found. I'll stop here just for the sake of time, but I'll say a short word about this. Men up to this point have seemed to be doing just fine, right? I mean, look at verse 3. The merchants are of the earth. They're waxing rich through the abundance of her delicacies. I mean, look at all of them right in through there. You've got the whole world that have drunk of the wine of her wrath. They are loving it, and they're having a time of their lives. And up to this point, Everything's been wonderful under her reign. The church has been closed. The churches, the right churches have been gone. They're richer than they've ever been. They got money flowing out of their pockets like no other. They have a wonderful wicked leader. They have overly indulged and succeeded in many avenues. There's sculptures and scrapers going up all over the place. However, the fun is about to end. Why? Because God has remembered the sins. God has remembered her sins. Can we say he had forgotten her sins? I cannot say that. I cannot say that. I could probably give you a few verses. Thank the Lord we have a merciful, merciful, merciful Jesus. 
God didn't realize the blood of Abel in Genesis chapter 4. God didn't realize the blood of Abel until... I mean, God didn't realize the sin of Cain until the blood of Abel cried from the ground. Am I wrong or right? He never acknowledged it until the blood had cried from the ground. The Bible says in the book of Habakkuk, in chapter 1, Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. Could the Lord look at Jesus while he was here? Did Jesus have all of our sins on him? When he had our sins on his back, God never looked at him. Can God look at sin? I don't know if he can. I don't think he can. That's biblical. I don't believe he can. But we have a mediator, right? And he deals with us. We have a Holy Spirit who deals with us. We have an advocate. Isn't that right? Advocate with the Father. That means he pleads the case of the courtroom. We have a Holy Spirit that can, that can, that can take our, our utterings and our groanings and present them to God. Can God look at sin? No. Does God know sin's going on? Absolutely. All I'm telling you here right now is that when we're looking at this, here's what Brother James Knox says. Let me give you this. Brother James Knox said, When the affairs of mankind as a whole reach a certain point where they must be dealt with to preserve the race that his promises might be fulfilled, God intervenes. that makes sense to anybody? Let me read that again. When the affairs of mankind as a whole reach a certain point where they must be dealt with to preserve the race so that his promises might be fulfilled, God intervenes. God intervenes here. God intervenes here and says, this is enough. I remember their sins. By the way, he does actually say it is enough in the next part of the chapter. Sin had been fun, but sin had only been fun for a season. Prosperity had been great, but prosperity didn't last very long. Beloved, I tell you, our God is holy. And he expects holiness. He is holy, friend. Remember that verse I already read to you and thought to you about? I mean, thou art pure eyes, uh, then to behold evil. Thy, and canst not look upon iniquity. He's a holy God. We have, I'm thankful we have Jesus, amen. I'm thankful we have the Spirit of God. I am, man, I'm so thankful for that. And the book of Romans in chapter 8, I'm so thankful for the Spirit of God where the Bible says in verse 26, the Bible says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know what we should, what, what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts, see the searching there? He that searcheth the hearts, knowing what is the mind of the Spirit. Who's the one who's searching the hearts? God. He searcheth the hearts, and he knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. All I'm telling you right now is that we have a God in heaven who ain't going to look upon sin. But we also have 
mediator in Jesus Christ. And he said, I covered them. Amen. I'm so glad for that, aren't you? But their sins have been remembered. Mercy has been drawn away and wrath has become. Beloved, much of the wrath of God today has been, has been covered by grace and mercy. Amen. Much of the wrath of God has been covered by grace and by mercy today. And I'm telling you, but in one hour, in one hour, God would destroy all of this that people longed for, lived for, and loved. And we'll see later in our study famines and plagues and death and mourning. And that's all the association I have to do with what's going on here in this political and almost religious and this political and this ecumenical and this all uh, this economy all this commercial system of this world uh, they have rejected Christ uh, they have rejected his gospel and they will now face his wrath lord help us to remember god desires us to live holy lives lord help us to remember that 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 god has us live separate lives from this world. And sin is nothing to play with, friend. Their sin was fun while it lasted. But now we will see God is done with it. Because he hath remembered her iniquities. He's remembered her iniquities. This is the fall of Babylon the Great, part one. The fall of Babylon the Great, part one. The next verse would say, Reward her, even as she rewarded you. And double unto her, double according to her works in the cup which she hath filled, fill it to her double. How much she hath lived glorifying herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. He said, You give her as much torment and sorrow as you can. For she saith in her heart, I said a queen, no widow, and she, and sh- and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death, mourning, famine. And she shall be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Everything this world bows upon and hangs in the balances of this life and bows down to, but one day, be fallen. God said, I have remembered her iniquities. Thank you for listening tonight. Let's stand to our feet and pray. Ask God to help us. If you need to pray, you come on, but I'm just trying to obey the Lord. Dear God in heaven, I love you. I thank you, dear God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. I pray, God, that you would just please help us, Lord, to be sensitive in this life. Lord, help us, God, to be separated in this life, Lord. Lord, to live a holy lifestyle, unblameable. And Lord, to stay focused on you and what you have for us. God, you've been so good to us, Lord. Help us, God, not to fall into the ways of the world, Lord, to uh, carnality. Lord, help us, God, to um, run the race that is set before us, God. And Lord, I sure am glad, Lord, that you've been so good to us. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Lord, thank you, God, that you have remembered mercy and wrath. Lord, so many times in my life you've remembered mercy and wrath. Lord, I deserved wrath. I deserved hell. I still do, Lord. But, Lord, I thank you, God, for grace. I thank you, Lord, for your good grace, Lord. And, Lord, how you've been so, so good to us, Lord. 
I pray, God, that we would stay separated from this system, Lord, that's going on in our world today, Lord, but it's much waxing, much worse and worse every day. Lord, please help us, God, to stay focused on you and look for your appearing and love it, Lord. We love you so much in Jesus' precious and holy name. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the people that came tonight, Lord. And thank you, Lord, for how you do. Help us all on the way home tonight. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.